Bible said in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. There's no place I'd rather be than in the presence of God. Uh, He is so good. Having some difficulties with my iPad tonight. We want to welcome you and those that are watching by means of the live stream. Thank you. And uh, hope that everybody is safe, uh, secure tonight. There is some rough weather around, but um, God's in control of that too. Can you say amen? people of God don't have to uh, worry or fear because God's always in control. Hallelujah. Uh, We are studying a subject titled Spiritual Warfare Prepared for Battle. Um, And I've been talking about the importance of being prepared for battle because we are in a battle. And there's all kind of forces of darkness that's going on uh, today. And uh, the closer we come to the coming of the Lord, the worse it's going to get and be. And we as people of God, we need to, amen, Understand and be be prepared, amen, for this that is going on, amen, in the world. Uh, last week, in uh, lesson two, we were talking about understanding the enemy. And we did not get finished with that lesson last week. Uh, so we're going to... Um, finish up that lesson um, tonight, and then we will um, uh, next time move on uh, to another part. So we're going to, we ended last week with the scripture in John 10 and 10 uh, that said uh, that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Uh, the devil's got a lot of people food by thinking they got, they got the real life out there in the world. They're ha- having a great time. I'm going to tell you, you don't know what a great time is until you get in Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. God has come to bring us life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Uh, I have been doing um, 
I've been hearing some things about some studies here recently that went on um, about that people involved in church uh, are the most content and satisfied people that they are. Uh, And, uh, you know, why would we not be? Hallelujah. Because uh, everything that we need, we have in Jesus. So, I mean, that makes perfect um, good sense um, to me. But we're going we're gonna to move on, and I want to finish um, what I was talking about last week. I was going to get to the enemy's three primary weapons. I mentioned that, but we did not start breaking them down last Wednesday night for like a time. Satan's three primary weapons. Now, the devil has got a lot of things that he uses against us. And um, he'll pull out every trick in the book. He won't hold um, uh, anything back. But there are three primary uh, tools uh, in his toolbox, as I told you last week. Uh, That's at the top of his toolbox that he uses more than anything else. And we started out, and I mentioned about deception. Um, And that is one of the devil's biggest tools that he uses. He is a deceiver. He uh, thrives on trying to bring deception and deceive people. Now, to deceive somebody means to make another person believe a lie or something that is not true. When the enemy sends deception your way, it is an attempt to deceive you into believing something that is not true, so you will fall into error. And we know this from the very beginning, uh, when Satan deceived Eve uh, into believing that God's word was not true. Uh, The devil told her that she would not surely die, as God said she would. And so we can see with the very first sin at the fall of man, Satan using uh, deception. One of the greatest deceptions that the devil uses, and please, uh, and I hope everybody is taking notes on this and, 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 uh, and remember this, but one of the greatest deceptions is religious deception. I believe that religion will send more people to hell than anything else. I believe religion will send uh, uh, more people to hell than all the honky-tonks down on Lower Broadway. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Satan loves to mimic God. He loves to mimic God. Remember, he desires to take God's place. That's, that's, that's one of his desires. He wants to take the place of God himself. So he infiltrates the church with false doctrine, false apostles, and false anointing. Did you know there's a false anointing out there? And a lot of people are deceived. 
uh, I, I, I mentioned something in, uh, back at church Sunday, this past Sunday. Now, I couldn't believe a film of a service I was watching. This one guy and had a whole, I mean, it was a big old torn. And he had everybody eating out of his hand. He had people that was walking up to him. And while they was walking up to him, he'd raise his hands up, make them jump up, do it like that, and make them spin around. And I thought, you know, the, the biggest thing is people actually fall for that junk. Amen. It's all part of deception. Amen. You know, <laughs> the devil has moved and deceived so many people that still a lot of people, when you hear the name Pentecost, sometimes people ask, hey, y'all don't have snakes, do you? <coughs> and uh, <clears throat> there is a beautiful truth, amen, in the power of Pentecost, but the devil has infiltrated the body of Christ so much, and there's so much phony, I, I call it phony baloney out there, amen, that it hinders people from getting, getting more truth into the Word of God. Hallelujah. So we can, we can see that there's false doctrine, and don't get all bent out of shape over the word doctrine. The word doctrine just simply means teaching. Hallelujah. I mean, it's impossible for anybody to teach anything without doctrine. Because that's what the word doctrine means. It means just simply teaching. Uh, but there's false doctrine, there's false apostles, and there's a false anointing. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and uh, verse uh, 13 through 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. So they had this problem back in the early days of the church. This is not something new. This is not something that just started going on last year, the year before last. But ever since the church, ever since Pentecost, the devil loves to mimic God. And everything God makes true, the devil's got a false for it. Hallelujah. False apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, no wonder, for Satan himself, now look at this close, Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. If you're looking for uh, the devil, if you're looking for somebody with, uh, with a pointed tail and a pitchfork, you ain't going to find him. That ain't how the devil appears. Amen. That don't, that's not how the devil, I mean, because you would recognize him then, wouldn't you? <laughs> amen. He don't come to you, amen, in a red suit with a long pointed tail with horns and a pitchfork. But he transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. Look at that close now. Whose end will be according to their works. 
Amen. And as we're living in the last days, it's worse now than it was back then. Hallelujah. We have got to be careful. We've got to watch ourselves very closely. Uh, let me just go ahead and read some more scriptures on this same thing. Acts chapter 20, verse uh, 29 and 30. Apostle Paul said, For I know this, that after my departure, he said that he was fixing to leave them and to move on somewhere else. He said, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves. Look at this. Men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. There's been a, there, there are some men right now, and there have been in the past, and the, the, um, they are right now, who when they started out, they started out on level ground. I believe, I believe Jim Jones was, was teaching right when he first started. Uh, I've read enough of the history about him. Uh, he was trying to do good, and uh, but he got uh, the Sunday morning. He got up and he told his congregation he had the Bible in his hand. He said, "Y'all don't need to follow this no more. You follow me because God's directed me." That's the day all them people should have got up and walked out on him if they had done that they wouldn't have been 969 men women and children found dead in jamestown hallelujah apostle paul said you follow me as i follow christ amen and that's that's still a good formula today uh, because even within within the body there are going to be people who start out good they, they get a call they get anointing Upon their life, God calls them something, and then they go haywire. They they let things go to their head. They uh, they get involved with filthy lucre, the Bible calls it, or whatever, uh, and they start trying to build their own kingdom instead of the kingdom of God. And we have to be careful, Amen. Very much so about that. And then. Talking about the same thing in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. They're, they're go, I'm sorry, anybody out there believes that once saved, always saved junk. That, that one verse right there just takes it out because these people were one time in the faith. Hello, somebody. He said, the Spirit speaketh expressly. I so if the Spirit says it, and that's talking about the Holy Ghost, I don't care what somebody else says, you can't fall away from faith. You can fall away from the faith. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What are we talking about? We're talking about the devil's key element to deception. And he's, he's, I'm going to tell you what, the devil's got more preachers than God does. Hallelujah. 
And he knows more scripture than most people sitting on church pews. Hallelujah. He's taking more time studying than what some of us have. Huh. Oh, glory. It's a truth anyhow. Listen, church. These things that I've been giving you scriptures to back up, these things are why you should never holler at somebody and say never. Never. Never accept so-called move of God just because of someone who shouts or even speaks in tongues. I'm going to tell you what, I've heard the devil speak in tongues prettier than any other body ever heard in my life. The devil knows how to talk in tongues. That don't mean nothing. If you're one of those people that judge 101% and no, by no other evidence that somebody's Holy Ghost filled just because they talk in tongues, you're going to be deceived. Hello, somebody. I may step all over somebody's Pentecostal theology, but I can't help it. Amen. That's not the only source. You know, but yes, there are nine. There are nine gifts of the Spirit but you know there's also nine fruits of the Spirit? If a person don't have the, have the fruit to back up the gifts, then you, be, you, you better say the gift is coming from other, some other source than from God. Mm. Wow. Mm. As fellow said, it's tight, but it's right. Don't accept a so-called move of God just because someone who shouts or speaks in tongues, neither should you follow signs and wonders and miracles. There are some people, there are some preachers, that's all they ever talk about. But let me tell you something. You ain't supposed to follow in the first place signs and wonders. They're supposed to follow you. That's the biblical order. And these signs, Mark 16, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Hallelujah. We don't seek after the gifts. We seek after the giver. Hallelujah. I'm feeling the presence of the Lord now. I'm going to give you one more scripture and we'll go to the second tool of the devil. 1 John 4 and 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits for the day of God, because many False prophets are gone out into the world. Now, he's speaking in past tense. That was back then. How do you think it is now? If you follow every, every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes around, every spirit around, you're going to be deceived. Hallelujah. There's some criteria that you better hold to so you know who you listen to and who you're following. Because deception is a big tool of the devil. And I, I want to interject one more thing. When the beast system takes over and the Antichrist, he's going to do more miracles than anybody else has ever done for God since, since Pentecost. 
to deceive people. We got to be careful. Oh, but soon those eyes was open, they were blind. So the devil has got ways to deceive. I, I want to I wanna know what, what their talk is. I want to know what they're teaching. I want to know what they're preaching. I want to know what kind of fruit they're bearing before I follow along behind them. Okay, the next two uh, the devil uses is temptation. Temptation. Now I got we got a picture of the other apple. Now I know that we uh, we don't have I have no evidence of that and probably probably even wasn't that. Uh, but I found that picture and because that's what all people connect with in, in the fall. Uh, but temptation, that's the second two. Temptation often follows deception. First, the enemy tells us, you won't surely die like he did Eve. Then he makes the fruit on the forbidden tree to look good to us. Um, if you ever get a chance, go back and reread that in, in Genesis and I picked up on something on that one time, and I feel like the Lord showed me that. But after the, after the devil had talked to Eve, and were you going to be like, like God himself, knowing good and evil? Then the Bible said, and then she, and then she uh, saw that it was pleasant to the eyes and good for food. Have you ever thought about what made Eve think that that fruit was good for food? She had to notice some of the other animals in creation was partaking of the fruit from that tree. Think about that for a moment. It wasn't just a tree hanging there with fruit not being touched by any God's creature. She's had to have seen, and now this this is this is the reason that I have, and, and I, I really I really feel this down in my spirit. She noticed a monkey, a giraffe, or something else, grabbed some of that fruit, whatever kind of fruit it was, and eat it, and she didn't see them fall over dead, and the devil says, see there? But you know where the key is? God didn't tell them not to eat. There's a, I've heard some church people say, well, so-and-so goes over here and does this. Why can't I? Hey, we're God's people. We don't go everywhere else everybody else in the world goes. Come on. We don't partake of everything everybody else in the world partakes of. They don't profess to be children of God. We do. Let's get back to holiness. Well, glory. Hallelujah. So the devil uses temptation. Uh, and James 1 and 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved or when he has been tried, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who 
love him. Hallelujah. Amen. So the devil will do use anything in the world to tempt you. Amen. Uh, remember Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and he carried him to the pinnacle of the temple told him to jump off if you're really the son of God scriptures say that he would give angels charge over thee lest you any time you dash your foot against the stone if you're the son of, son of really the son of God it ain't going to hurt you to jump. How many knows the devil's been trying to get God's people to jump ever since? Hallelujah. But you don't tempt God. Jesus come back with scripture. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That's what I tell all these snake handling people. Hallelujah. God's got the power to protect me, but I ain't going to tempt him. I'm going to let the rattler stay where he's at, and I'm going to stay on where I'm at. Hallelujah. Amen. Temptation. How do we overcome it? Some things are so hard, Brother Sammy. The devil makes temptation, and it's so hard. Jot down Psalms chapter 119 and 11. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. You keep the word of God inside you and you can gain strength, overcome temptation. All right, the third one and the last one, and this will end up our lesson tonight. Satan uses accusation. You can see the guy there pointing his finger at somebody. Um... That's one of the big twos of the devil. And let me say this. Be careful, saints of God. Don't let the devil get, in, get you into pointing your finger at your brother and sister in Christ trying to accuse them. Because when you step in the role of accuser, you're getting more like the devil than any other way. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to show you. Revelation chapter 12. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren. Notice that the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. The devil is called the accuser of the brethren. And when he gets us to pointing our fingers at one another, trying to condemn one another, come on somebody, we're wearing the devil's shoes. Amen. We're wearing the devil's shoes. Final verse that we're going to talk about. Jude chapter 1, I say chapter 1, there's no chapter 2 and there's no chapter 3. It's only got one chapter. Said, yet Michael the archangel in contending with the devil 
when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a violent accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked you. Do you know Satan was there when Moses left this life, accusing him, trying to get his body? He wanted him. Well, he failed you, God. He failed you, God. And Michael the archangel stepped in and rebuked him. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's going to be standing there by you one day. He's going to be standing by me. And he's going to try to point out everything that you ever did when you lived in this world. But if you got the blood applied, come on somebody. That's going to knock out every accusation, everything. It's going to cut it out. So, let's not fall into the trick of pointing our fingers at one another, but rather pray for one another uh, and um, the Bible says, let the strong help the weak. Not try to uh, push them down further, those that slip and fall, but we need to try to help one another. We don't want to be called an accuser of the brethren because we're wearing the devil's shoes. That finishes out that lesson, and we're not going to go any further, amen, tonight.